Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back into 107.5 The Game. Tyler, head along with you. It is the Garnet Trust Hour here with Chris Clark, Kendall Smith still in studio as well. We are waiting on Nate Atkins. going to be a couple minutes late, but that's okay. That is the magic of live radio, but uh, he'll be in here in just a moment. Very, very excited to have him and, of course, Spencer Rattler as well from 11 to 12 on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Yes, we've got Kendall in for hope, maybe some talking, but definitely just moral support. Moral we, support, but I'm working on my LinkedIn right now. Okay, that's fun. Kendall, so I'll carry throw on. in some words of wisdom. I've discovered Kendall has 37 jobs all at the same time. Well, she apparently an added a new one. She apparently added a new one like yesterday. I don't I know. Think, I don't, that I don't is know, true. I don't know when she sleeps. Quite she frankly. she added a new one. I think during the show, like while probably. she was talking, she yeah, added she's two more jobs. Probably over there applying for jobs while we were talking. More <laughs> I'm saving up money for Chris's Christmas gift. Expect something big, Chris. Tyler, oh. you might even be in the running oh, for a nice Awesome. Gift. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> With all the money that I have as a college student, it's it's great. Saving. That that's good. Good good influence. <laughs> we are waiting on Nate though. Um scheduled for ten, obviously, but funny story in typical Columbia fashion. He has run into a train. You know what? Everybody's just nodding who's listening. We we oh, all yeah. we all understand. It's perfectly yep. acceptable. We get it. He uh he texted me. Of course, I have uh, been blocked by a train, so Nate tried to go around. He he figured out a different path because, you know, sometimes you can go, you hit the train, and you're like, I'll go around, but, like, the same train is there. Sure. Well, he avoided that, tried to get to another path, and then there was a second train, and so yeah. he's stuck. So he should be parking probably as we speak, Okay. and he'll be in here soon. But I'm excited to talk to him. Um I'm excited to launch the Garnet Trust Tower. Pretty cool. Absolutely. Very, very yep. excited for this. The goal is going to be just to kind of like set the stage for everyone. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right, mm-hmm. Tyler? Yep. Uh, we're going to start with that and, and just see how it goes. If you get, Hopefully everybody will like it. The people will like it. Uh, but we're going to try to have Gamecock athletes on as much as possible or former Gamecock athletes, which Nate is. Now, we, we, keep, we were talking about it yesterday. We were joking about it. Wes was about like there's still this little part of me that's like they're going to find like a spare year of eligibility just (laughs) laying around for Nate somewhere but it does appear that he is leaving Columbia uh he's been training for the draft yeah so we have to refer to him as a former Gamecock tight end it's hard unfortunately it's weird it it is a weird thing because he was only here one year right it's like Nate Atkins you know y'all we get used to him you know you have him around has a big game against Clemson he was playing extremely – he was huge in the Notre Dame game until he got banged up a couple times in that game, ended up not being able to come back. We'll ask him about that. Well, he was literally like the only tight end we had for the bowl game. <laughs> he was. He was the only guy out there. He was man on an island. It was him and I think a walk-on or two maybe. Uh, but, yeah, his, his presence was obviously huge really all year, but um, certainly down the stretch really, really big. I think he ended up playing Tyler in like the top 12 – snaps right. offensively on the team and 
for some people, he was kind of, you know, whether it's fans, media, like kind of an afterthought almost. Sure. You know, in, ter- in terms well, of being added. When you uh, get a transfer from East Tennessee State, that usually doesn't pop off the page to a lot of people. Yeah. But it's like, no, this guy's a good player, and he certainly mm-hmm. showed how he can contribute this season. Yeah, and I think he got labeled <laughs> completely unfair, right, but labeled a little bit as, you know, Greg Adkins, obviously his father, who's offensive line coach for Shane Beamer's first two years, is kind of like, wow, well, they're giving, you know, the coach's son a scholarship or whatever it may have been. But um, this dude, we heard when he was getting recruited and it looked like South Carolina was going to bring him in, like, this guy can really play. And then you went back and looked at what he did at East Tennessee you could tell he had a lot of versatility, and we ended up seeing that at South Carolina. So, yeah, as soon as we can get Nate in here after his train experience, <laughs> we'll we'll chat with him. But in general with this hour, too, I mean, the goal, again, we're going to have Gamecock athletes as much as we can. Right now, the football, the reason we're having Spencer on at 11, um, he is still with the team, obviously. Right. And they have uh, workouts that go on, you know, generally in the morning. But we're going to spread the love to – all sports. Um, I know y'all been running the liners, Tyler. We're going to have Ayana Ackley mm-hmm. from the women's tennis team on Thursday, along with Chance Miller, um, who is the senior deputy athletics director at South Carolina and has been really, really involved with a lot of the NIL programming, so to speak, at South Carolina. Um, he's been really, really instrumental in all that, Park Avenue, um, compliance, all that stuff. And then, so not only will we have Nate today here on Tuesday mm-hmm. um, at about 10.30, Tyler, we're going to call up Jeremy Smith, who uh, is the director of operations for Garnet Trust, and just chat with him for a few minutes. Awesome. Um, just to uh, just to be able to see kind of what's going on on the NIL front in yeah, Columbia. Absolutely. Very, very excited. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very cool thing that we're adding to here and uh Going to get a lot of great people in and out here to uh, talk about various things related to Gamecock Athletics. As, as you mentioned, going to be talking about the tennis team on uh, Thursday and just, uh, you know, get their insight on, on uh, you know, their perspective on how things are. And, you know, with Jeremy, when we have him on later, something I really want to dive into with him, and, and this will probably be a theme on the show, is there have been a lot, there's been so much discussion with NIL since it went live in 2021 right. in the summer. And and it's really picked up a lot since then. And there's been so many headlines. Like, it's grabbed a lot of attention. And in some ways, it's kind of been, you know, I think sensationalized. Sure. You know, um, I know, Tyler, we've talked about the Jaden Rashada situation. Of course. There was another. Have you read the story that The Athletic put out, Stuart Mandel? I think it came out yesterday or the day before. It kind of went into that situation even more, mm-hmm. and you just go, man, like it's that one has been covered so so much. Yeah, um, just the the amount of money that went in there, the amount of missteps that a whole bunch of parties made during right. that process, and so a lot of people have been kind of hyper focused on that type of thing in the NIL space, right? And I think. Shannon Terry, uh, who founded On3, along with Rivals in 24-7, but currently running On3, the network that we're on at Gamecock Central, he's also been super, super involved in the NIL space from a coverage standpoint, from a product standpoint. You know, their database that includes an NIL valuation. They try to, you know, they're trying to kind of set that standard. And something that I thought was really good that he pointed out was 
the Jaden Rashada situation has captured, I don't know, what do you think, Tyler? 50% of the NIL headlines, if not more? Uh, probably more than that, just because that's the first instance, at least of a number that we know publicly, of something being that high for, again, a guy that's completely unproven at the college level. That never taken a snap. Yeah. And wasn't even as highly ranked, like not even as highly ranked, actually not even really that close to in a ranking as Lenore Sellers, who's committed to South Carolina. Right. I mean, Lenore Sellers a high higher-ranked guy. But point is... That's captured 50%, 75% of the NIL headlines. Sure. Like, if you just Google NIL, my guess is some story about Jaden Rashada and the huge cluster that that was, but both in terms of the dollar figure and just how that thing went. Right. Just going completely south, being a really bad PR look for a whole bunch of people. You're going to see some headlines about that. But the reality is, and this is what Shannon Terry pointed out, 99% of what's happening in the NIL space is not that. You know, it right. is it's mainly first of all the dollar figures that have been talked about. There've been very few dollar figures actually reported, you know. And that goes back to the Jimbo Fisher yeah. slice bread thing. <laughs> like you can call that a report. It wasn't really a report. That's sure. kind of an internet rumor. There've been very few dollar figures actually reported. The Jaden Rashada ones obviously have been but a lot of what you read out there is just not right and so i think there's kind of this public perception of you know you've heard all the you know all the cliches wild wild west out of control there's some truth in that but it's also not every single there are 85 players on scholarship on a college football team right you know and there are tons of power five schools there's tons of group of five schools not all of those kids are getting millions or hundreds of thousands or even thousands of dollars. You know, most of them are, you know, maybe getting some one-off NIL deal. Right. Um, some event, some content-related offering, some trade. And, and we saw a lot of that when NIL first went live. We saw, you know, a lot of kind of affiliate or kind of commission-based things or trade-outs. We actually saw some athletes sign some bad deals at the beginning that kind of gave their rights away. Um, I think some of that, some of that has kind of corrected, fortunately. But the 1% of athletes that are getting into that $100,000, million-dollar range, a lot of that is is much more under control than sure. I think people think. And I think the Rashada situation will certainly make those guys that are – Basically everybody in general, I think, but especially those guys that do garner a lot of high dollar figures, be a little weary of what they're getting into and make sure they're kind of vetting these sources out a little bit and saying, okay, if you're promising me $5 million, is that money actually going to be there when we get there? Or, you know, what's the deal here? So um, I definitely think that the Rashada situation is going to be kind of a benchmark for people to base things off of going forward. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those unfortunate lessons that everybody had to learn along the way with NIL. And you feel terrible for the kid. Like if you read that story on the athletic, Stuart Mandel, it talks about how Rashada was at a camp Yeah, and it had been reported like that figure that I think the $13 million figure or whatever, you know, there've been a few different ones thrown out, but I think it was the, the multi multi-million dollar figure had been thrown around at that time. And so the poor kid is at a camp you know, alongside other quarterbacks and other football players, 
and they're giving him a hard time about it, asking him about it, and he played really poorly at the yeah. camp. You could tell it was affecting him, and it's kind of easy to forget that these guys are, are still growing up. Of course. You know, they're not 35-year-old guys who have been in the pros for years and years and years. So it's a it's a really difficult situation for him. You feel, you know, really, really badly for him. Now he's heading to Arizona State. Yeah. And he's probably not going to get anywhere near that amount. But it was probably a good thing that all that kind of just exploded beforehand. But, well, and I think I read about him going to Arizona State that his dad, who was a former Arizona State player, specifically said that they weren't exploring NIL opportunities with any of the collectives or anything like that. So anything that he would get from an NIL standpoint would be from, you know, local businesses, car dealership, whatever it had, you know, whatever it may be, something that's maybe a little less sketchy than what was going on down at Florida. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just see Nate walking into the studio, so we'll get him on the other side of yeah, the break. Yeah, let's go ahead and hit our break, come back in the other side, and we'll talk to Nate here on the Garnet Trust Hour on 107.5. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark along with you. Now welcoming in our guest, who unfortunately got held up by a train for a few minutes. Now, uh, we were talking about it a few minutes ago. It's going to be weird to say former Gamecock tight end, Nate Atkins. Welcome to the studio, Nate. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Sorry you got held up by the train out there. Yeah, classic. Or two Columbia. trains, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So you try you tried to go, you know, some that's what we were saying. Some of the trains you can try to go around and it like you run into the same train, like they trick you. But uh-huh. this was a completely different one. Completely different train. Like I pulled up and uh it was just now starting. Like I heard it. I was like, You've gotta be kidding me. Like the thing just went down. I was like, Wow, this, <laughs> you can't make this up. I was like, I'm trying to get somewhere, haven't had plans to do anything in a while. First time I have plans to do something. And I just can't. It, it's, <laughs> well, a, it's okay. All of us in the radio industry have been late at some point, so yeah. it's it's all right. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Did you get uh, – when was your first introduction to the Columbia – like, did you hear about it? Was it a rumor? Like, did your dad tell you about it or whatever because he had been here for a little while? Or did you did you have to just find out the hard way about the trains in Columbia? I think I found out the hard way, yeah. you know, going to class one day Back or and something. forth. Yeah, you just kind of get hit by it. <laughs> Luckily, I, you know, staying at Carolina Walk and the facility being right there, I didn't really have to deal with it that much um, as far as, like, football goes. But, you know, going to other places, you would hit a train or – and even the roads, I think the roads are the biggest problem. The roads are very bumpy, and <laughs> you hit a lot of potholes. And you kind of have to dodge some, <laughs> dodge some on the way. Yeah, we got some potholes in the city and the state that you could literally fit your car in. Literally. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, but uh, yeah, appreciate you being with us, Nate. We're we're gonna bring in actually right now a um, guy. I think I know that you know Nate uh, Jeremy Smith from Garnet Trust. He's the director of operations over there, doing some really good things. Jeremy, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just sitting here with Nate hanging out. Appreciate you uh, helping us make his appearance here happen. And, of course, Spencer Rattler on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour at 11. You've helped us out 
making that happen too, as well as the show every Tuesday and Thursday. So appreciate what you're doing. First of all, uh, tell us a little bit, Jeremy, about just kind of how generally the NIL environment is going in Columbia right now. Kind of what what have you been up to lately, and what have you been doing with Garnet Trust? I know that's an open-ended question. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, taking a quick step back. So um, I joined the Garnet Trust in um, late July of 2021, um, and when I joined, there was a really strong infrastructure that was already put together. Uh, I came in to try to uh, keep the wheels turning, so to speak, and I found that our, our biggest challenge was really educating the, the public um, on what NIL was, not only what it was, but how we're doing it at the University of South Carolina. Uh, and that, that's still a, a, something that we're dealing with and working on uh, day by day. Uh, but the financial side of things were a, lot, uh, were a lot weaker for us. We were definitely behind many other schools. Uh, we had made a kind of a, an internal pact to do things the right way, uh, and even if that means getting a little bit slower to um, the, end, uh, the end goal, then that was going to be the way that we did it because we didn't want to find ourselves uh, constantly having to reach, you know, change up how we built this infrastructure and so forth. So um, we are, you know, we were a little bit behind. So I would say up until December of 2021, uh, we were kind of just kind of bumping along, doing little small deals here and there for many of the student athletes at Carolina. I think we did. Uh, about 130, 135 t- deals in t- 2021. Um, excuse me, 2022. I keep saying 2021. 2022 with uh, the student athletes in South Carolina, um, and uh, that's obviously something we're pretty proud of. But we want to see that expand. But since December, and since the the, the win specifically over Tennessee and Clemson, we started to see more fan engagement. We started to see more people being a little bit more open to what we were doing. We started to see the needle move financially a little bit more as we went through December. We knew that coming into the 2023 year with the transfer portal, with the the potential of players going into the draft uh, and so forth, and plus all just the recruiting, we were going to have to figure this out pretty darn quick. And um, the university really has stepped up and done a wonderful job. And I thank Coach Tanner and and Chance Miller for uh, their endless support and and Coach Beamer and a lot of the other coaches as well. They've really kind of helped us take this to the next level. We've gotten some wonderful uh, contributions um, to uh, Garnet Trust and the Garnet Trust Foundation, which is our 501c3, uh, that's allowed us to put some significant deals together for several of the football players and, and, and moving out into basketball, soccer, et cetera. Now, when you mentioned significant deals, we were talking about this uh, before you came on, Jeremy. I know you're listening. We are talking about the thing, the deal that's been reported on so much lately. It's kind of dominated the NIL headlines. Jaden Rashada at Florida – $13 million deal before he even ever takes a snap over several years and obviously completely fell apart, right? I mean, it was just kind of yeah. a disaster from a PR standpoint and in other ways, too. You're in the trenches on the NIL front every day, not only here at South Carolina, but you talk to people, you know, from other collectives, other schools, administrators, coaches. G- give the people a sense who are listening is that reality, or is that the 1%, is that the outlier situation with Jaden Rashada? Because I feel like a lot of the headlines are kind of negative about NIL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that definitely is an outlier. I, I would be shocked if that was uh, really a true figure that was put out there uh, to him um, and so forth. Uh, that that money is just absolutely uh, crazy. And that's one of the things I think people – 
uh, don't really understand is, you know, I can say anything. I can say that we have, you know, $50 million of NIL money at the University of South Carolina, and there's really no checks and balances to see if that's really true. Uh, and I think a lot of other other institutions have taken advantage of these rumors and trying to use them to their advantage. Um, and the deals that I'm seeing that we, not only we participate in, but some of the other schools, the numbers are significantly lower, I'm, and I'm talking grossly lower. Um, you know, these these student athletes, there has to be some return on that investment, right? And that's one of the things that we're doing at South Carolina is they're going to work for this. They're, they're not just going to be getting, you know, a, a paycheck, so to speak, uh, just for sending out a tweet that says, support us. We're going to make sure that they are actually putting in the effort, especially on the foundation side, working with the charities, going to events, really heightening their, uh, the, the charities brand to help them bring in more money for themselves. But, you know, we're going to make sure that our student athletes are really working for that money. But going back to your initial point, it is completely overblown. Um, these these deals are just not um, are just not realistic. And I'm I'm privy to some information that you know I can't share on the on the show here today. But you know I I see what some of these players are making, and some of these players that have huge national presence are not making anywhere close to what the uh, the media is reporting as far as their 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 opportunity, so to speak. You mentioned uh, Garnet Trust, which is set up as an LLC and then Garnet Trust Foundation, which, as you mentioned, set up as a 501c3, you know, verified nonprofit. So give us a quick elevator pitch on why each exists, kind of the key differences in each, and then how, if any Gamecock fans are listening, how they can get involved. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, like I said, back in uh, November of 2021, the Garnet Trust LLC was formed. The, the Garnet Trust um, LLC was was built for for two purposes. One purpose was to really be a, a, a way for fans to get more engaged with the student athletes, to get closer to them through a membership po- platform, uh, doing events, doing videos, things content-wise that can bring these players closer to the the fans of, of Carolina. Uh, and then also we, we had a piece of where businesses would come to us and ask to do uh, several things, commercials, appearances, radio, things like that with the student athletes. So we work with businesses to help facilitate that. Um, that has not been such a huge part of what we've done on the Garnet Trust side because Park Avenue came in and kind of you know had a big part in that. And I know the university is trying to use the Gamecock Exchange uh, to try to you know, lure businesses in. So we didn't want to step on uh, to other toes. We didn't want to play in the sandbox where there's multiple people. We wanted to really kind of focus on where we thought we could make the biggest impact. Um, so we, we fi- primarily were just working on um, the fan engagement through the membership program with the Garnet Trust LLC. The university did uh, ask us uh, kind of mid part of last year to start considering um, having a nonprofit arm to this because there's a lot of donors who are interested in participating in the NIL space, but they'd like to have a tax benefit. Um, I think aligned with what we uh, as a university are doing philanthropically and what we feel we need to do to better position the NIL in a better light than what some people might think it is. We've built this, this 501c3 to allow the student athletes to come alongside the local charities and throughout South Carolina to really help benefit them and bring their visibility to a higher mark. Um, so with those two entities, we have two op- two opportunities. If you're interested in getting closer to the uh, to the uh, student athletes through engagement, you can go to GarnetTrust.com and become a member there, uh, and you can see the things that we're doing on that side of it. And if you're interested in uh, donating but getting a tax-free donation, you can go to GarnetTrustFoundation.org 
and, and donate your money there. Uh, we really think that we um, are putting together a product uh, at the University of South Carolina that's going to be different than a lot of the other institutions. We're, we want to be proud of this. We want these student athletes to leave the University of South Carolina with uh, financial literacy, understanding how to manage money, understanding what it is to, to work for something. I know that they're all working really, really hard in their sport, uh, but we want to see them you know, be able to, to do some wonderful things with this extra money. Um, and we always talk about this internally, that it's not about the four years you're at the University of South Carolina. It's about the 40 years afterwards. And that's what we want to focus in on is, is preparing them for the 40 years afterwards. Because, as you know, only 1% of uh, D1 athletes make it professionally. Um, and so that, that means 99% is not. So we want to be able to help them and build a branch so that when they leave uh, the university and, and if they don't get the opportunity to play professionally, that they have something to fall back on with, uh, uh, with their next step in life. All right, Jeremy, really appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time to join us here on the Garnet Trust Hour. Keep up the good work. Appreciate everything you're doing. On the other side, we're going to talk to one of those athletes who is going to be taking his talents to the pro ranks. We've got Nate Adkins in studio, former Gamecock tight end with us, and we'll talk to him on the other side of the break. Back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler Head, Chris Clark, and our special guest today, Former Gamecocks tight end Nate Atkins in the studio with us. And thanks again to uh, Jeremy Smith for joining us there on the last segment. Uh, again, very, very excited for this Garnet Trust Hour and all the great people that we're going ha- to be having in here. And Nate Atkins, you are our first guest here. First ones. There we go. Got to get that mic on. <laughs> yeah, fir- first guest on the Garnet Trust Hour. So that's pretty awesome. So we-, we were saying it's really hard to get used to calling you like it, it almost – like kind of sad, like former Gamecock tight end because you're only it, here for one year. I know it's it's We're been just so getting soon. Used to you. Yeah, I was not even like a full year. It's just been like six months almost. You know, I got here in what middle of June for summer workouts, and then camp started, and then the season. You know, season always just flies oh. by. Like it goes by way faster than anybody thinks. So you know, you're there week one, or you're there during camp, and then all of a sudden you're playing for a bowl game. So yeah, it, it was it's kind of crazy. Now, are you a hundred percent sure? That there's no more eligibility. Are, are you? Are you? Have you triple checked it? Uh, Did you go to somebody and say, "Are you guys sure?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I you might be able to find another year, but I don't know. I'm I'm to the point where I, use I, it. I I need to move on. Yeah, I need to try to you know go about my you know and try to play at the pro level. I don't, I don't think we checked. We checked. <laughs> yeah. We checked for you, and I don't think there's any left, unfortunately. Yeah, but, I tried to figure it out with all the COVID thing, and it, you know, it kind of throws some curveballs. It's super in there, hard. But, yeah. yeah. Well, Jordan Jordan Strong looks like he's coming back for year seven of college. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be coming back next year. So, but yeah, you are about to move on. So, tell us. I, I want to like go back in time a little bit for when you first got to South Carolina, but you know, to to kind of look back at at the season we'll do that but what are you doing right now just to get yourself ready for you know pro day and preparing for the draft yes sir so currently i'm you know training here in columbia at the at the facility Mm -hmm. um i'm thankful enough to have two of the strength staff members to help me you know prepare for my pro day on march 13th um i'm actually preparing with brad johnson as well um he's one of the other players that uh is getting ready for his pro day just like me we're kind of going through the same routine and you know so it's basically you know what we do monday tuesday you know off day wednesday you know kind of recover thursday friday and then um just kind of go about that and just you know work as hard as possible to you know show up on march 13th and have a good pro day you did a lot of 
different things in college. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, look at how you're used at East Tennessee, even how you're used here. You know, we saw you line up in the backfield, in line, in the slot. Um, You obviously played special teams. What have you heard in the early going in terms of feedback from pro scouts and people associated with the NFL about what you may do at the next level, position-wise? Yeah, you know, just I think it's a lot of the same things that I was doing here, Um, you know, kind of just filling in where they need me. Um, Like I said, I showed on tape that I could do a lot of different things, Um, you know, whether, like you said, you know, line up in the backfield, uh, in line, you know, in the wing, kind of split out and doing a bunch of different things, as well as special teams. And I really want to, you know, make an impact on special teams like I did here, um, because that wasn't really my thing at ETSU because I was kind of playing like every down at ETSU. So I wasn't really used on special teams as much. Um, but when I got here, I really wanted to make an impact on special teams. And uh, I think I did that. And I think I showed on tape that I can do a lot of different things at a pretty high level. You gave you gave me a natural segue into special teams. So, you know, the Clemson game, you had you were part of two of the most memorable plays in that game. Uh, one of them was the catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's what we'll we'll dub it. Um, but you also had kind of the the play that helped seal the game. Walk us through that play. See, the, you know, the punt return. Antonio Williams knocked the ball out. What do you remember about that play? Did y'all have? You don't have to give away Coach Limbo's, mm-hmm. you know, secrets or anything. But but do you remember like in the huddle, like kind of what the plan was on that play or anything specific about it? Yeah, so we were actually punting it left, so we kind of did punt. I was, I'm lined up on the right side, and uh, we kind of punted it. Or Kai had a great punting day, by the way. <laughs> like we noticed, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he he punted it to like a, right down the left hash, I think, and uh, he started making a return towards my side, and uh, I was kind of late in the coverage, um, actually, and uh, I was kind of maneuvering my way around a defender, and he kind of just came right in front of me and I grabbed him by the shoulder pad and just I didn't even realize it was out honestly I had no idea until everybody got up and we were kind of celebrating I was like oh my gosh that just happened and I was like I think that was me I don't really I didn't even really know but I was like all right I think that was me Uh, but yeah it was just a really really cool play you know kind of just doing my job I don't know I was just covering well and uh just just happened to fall right there were you trying because I remember exactly what you're talking about like you you kind of were coming from the left side, and he was, mm-hmm. like, a little bit in front of you, so you grabbed the shoulder pad. Were you trying to just wrap up, or were you literally trying to knock the ball out? I'll be completely honest. <laughs> I was just trying to not let him, you know, because he was beating me with speed, and then, yeah. you know, I kind of just grabbed him by the shoulder pad to slow him down, and I was just going to wrap him up, and it just my hand was literally just perfectly to be just right on the ball. So you shouldn't. Like, Come on, man. You should have said no. I know, that I'm, was perfect I'm, technique. <laughs> exactly. I know Pete Limbo, the special teams guru, taught me perfectly on that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll tip that one all to uh, Pete Limbo. How How is Kai so good at punting? Like, think, that game was insane, but he's consistently like Yeah, I think it's just his work ethic. You know, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the people are the same way, but you know, Kai specifically and just all the special special teams guys, you know, they consistently, you know, show up every day with a good attitude and, you know, always putting like a hundred percent in at practice, you know, doing extra work. Um, whether it's the off season or, you know, just after practice, you know, always putting in extra work to, you know, be the best they can be on Saturdays for South Carolina. Um Pete Limbo, who who we you know just talked about a second ago, just mentioned. I mean, he's obviously excellent too. And so what what we kind of see is he seems just extremely detailed. But like, what makes him so good as a coach? I think it's the fact that 
he just loves special teams so much. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you have these coaches that, you know, kind of get put into a special teams role and they you're kind of just like, you know, just put into it and, you know, just doing what they can. But Pete yeah. Limbo, like, he loves special teams. And he's, yeah, like you said, he's very detailed about everything that he does. His meetings are always, you know, to the finest detail of, you know, whether first step, you know, hand placement, hat placement, all those things that you would, you know, learn as, you know, maybe a position player specifically. Um, he takes all those position-specific position drills and puts them into special teams. So, you know, he makes – you're a special teams player, but, you know, he's applying all these, you know, actual position drills to his special teams that just makes you an overall better football player. We've seen guys – I mean, this is a point we've made, you know – Guys who can play special teams in the pros have a better chance of sticking around. I mean, just some of the best college football players, you know, you hear the whole NFL not for long thing. I mean, if you make it four years, like, that's a heck of a career. But is that one reason that you focus so much on special teams is because you you feel like it's going to make you even more valuable to teams? Yeah, and I think just, you know, a guy like me, I'm not, you know, the the flashiest player. I'm not going to, you know, be your – tight end number one you know but I'll go in there and I'll do the things that a lot of other people won't want to do um I'll go in there and I'll play all four special teams um give it all I have and you know I just think I add a different edge that a lot of players you know aren't like anymore little bit of talk about you doing some snapping too right now I I heard that and I know you and I had talked about it at one other point. You're like, man, I've, I've snapped a lot, actually. T- tell yeah. us about that background. Yeah, so my dad actually, you know, being the ball coach, he's <laughs> he, he's seen it. He's seen what long snapping can do, um, you know, just having that in your bag, having that, you know, that versatility, um, having that at your availability can only help you. So he taught me how to long snap and short snap as a, like, when I was in middle school, like, basically when I first started playing football, um, and I've kind of just held on to it. You know, I did it in high school. My senior year, I was actually like the starting snapper. So I was playing, you know, both both offense and defense and then having to snap on, you know, punt. So I did that. And then I was actually the emergency guy at ETSU as well. I was always the second string guy if the first guy went down. And then it was kind of same deal here. But, you know, I've always been able to do it. And I'm definitely working on it during this offseason to prepare for the uh, pro day. And, you know, I can it can only help me, you know, and – so hopefully it pays off for me. We you kind of teased or did a little radio tease about the catch in the Clemson game. Um, I know you signed some prints of that actually yeah. recently. So uh, I want to talk about that more on the other side. We got to hit a break really quick. Yep, come back on the other side and wrap up the hour with Nate Atkins. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler Head. Chris Clark, along with you and our special guest, Nate Atkins. It's funny, Chris, you brought up the thing on the other side of the break about his one-handed catch against Clemson. Brock actually weighs in on the Firehouse Subs text line, 803-404-6100. Do you actually own a picture of that yourself? I do. you making that catch? I do. I do. I got one for Christmas, actually. It's like a big mural that you would kind of see around the facility, like a big uh, mural that you would see on the walls at the facility. I got one for myself. Yes, I did. That's awesome. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Did you autograph it for yourself? I did not autograph it for <laughs> be myself. Kind of, be kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know about that. Where's that? Where's that going? I haven't you, found a gotta, spot yet. You gotta, just, once you get your new spot, wherever you end up, yeah, just it'll, going in there. It'll be somewhere. I don't know, an office type deal. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in my room if it's big <laughs> enough. But because it's a big mural, but there's definitely not a spot in my apartment right now. You know, some some places. Uh, 
I was talking to a former Gamecock who just finished up a stint in the NFL recently, and he was telling me how much rent is in some cities. Mm-hmm. So depending on where you go, he had spent some time in Charlotte. Yeah. And was like, that was reasonable. <laughs> but some of the other places, you're going to get a studio and be paying oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. So... But maybe maybe it goes somewhere where there's like no income tax. Yeah, that would be ideal. That would be <laughs> ideal. But I'm not very picky. I don't know. I'll just yeah. You just need an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Um, so let's go to the catch, right? So mm. huge play in that game. Obviously, we're gonna ask Spencer about it next hour, kind of get his perspective on it. But um, what do you? Same thing as the special teams play. Like, what yeah. do you remember about it? Did you think the ball was going to come to you, like maybe pre-snap or when it was called? Honestly, did. Uh, yeah. So first of all. I wasn't even supposed to be in on that play. Um, it was actually a personnel. It was supposed to be Stogner and Jaheim. It uh-huh. was supposed to be where I was at. But I think I just ended up being in for some reason. Like, I don't know if I saw, didn't see the signal and just didn't come out or it was a missed signal. But uh, I was in the game, and I obviously, like, I had repped the play, so, like, I knew what to do. And as soon as the ball was snapped and I saw they kind of had pressure coming to my side, um, I knew I was, like, a, a chance to get the ball. I just had to beat the guy that was covering me. Um, and I kind of beat him, and then I looked back, and I saw him throw it, and I was like, here we go. <laughs> and I kind of, like, got into a position where I couldn't get two hands up, and I just threw one hand up there, and it literally just stuck to my hand. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just did that. I kind of <laughs> had, a, had like, an adrenaline rush for, like, five seconds, and then I was like, oh, my God, my hip, because I, like, landed <laughs> right on my hip, and I was I was really hurt from that, but – uh, I would do it back over a million times. <laughs> I did see that because, yeah, I saw you get up, and you're like, all right, and then saw you, and I was like, oh, yeah, the adrenaline help, yeah. helped him out on yeah, that one the, a little bit. Uh, I spiked the ball down, had the adrenaline <laughs> of like, oh, my gosh, I just caught that, and then my hip started screaming at me. So, yeah. <laughs> did you have to – now, did that bother you oh, yeah, into it, the bowl game, right? I oh, saw yeah, it, it bothered same. me throughout, especially throughout that whole game, but, I mean, I kind of got healed up over – over the break before the bowl game, but I was definitely still feeling it. Yeah, I was I was black and blue all on my side, um, all down my leg and, like, up to my armpit almost, um, just black and blue. I couldn't really walk for the next, like, few days after that. But, I mean, I was healed up for pretty much for the bowl game. No no deep bruise. Those can be scary. Yeah. Like, the yeah. deep bruises? I mean, I, th- I think it was a deep bruise. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was like a hit pointer uh, yeah. to the to the max. To I don't the know. nth degree? Yeah, exactly. Um. So y'all, y'all had. I mean, we we always ask guys this. It's almost like a canned question, but I don't really know any way to say it. Like the Tennessee game mm-hmm. and the Clemson game, like back to back, like that had to be pretty incredible to go through that. Two top ten teams, two kind of one in state rival, one divisional opponent. Mm-hmm. Y'all knocked both of those teams out of the playoffs. Yeah, how was that? <laughs> yeah, it's nice to play spoiler, especially with, you know, kind of how our season was going. It was yeah. kind of, you know, up and down. Like, we'd have some good moments, have some bad moments. And especially just coming off that Florida week. Like, I mean, after that Florida week, I think everybody was like, oh, my God, this season's over with. Um, just, you know, just how we played. And we didn't really show up that game. And then, you know, going into those two weeks, I mean, against two great opponents. I mean, yeah, it was it was almost like a story. It was like it, uh, it was, wasn't even real. But, I mean, we came out, we played, we played loose, we had fun. And good things happened to us. You were were you born in Knoxville, or you just no, raised I was actually, there? Yeah, I was actually just raised there. Okay. Yeah. Did you grow up wanting to play for UT? Uh, your dad spent a lot of time. Yeah, there. he was. He, that was actually his longest yeah. uh, stint uh, as a football coach. I was at UT. Um, I definitely grew up like as a kid, mm-hmm. um, wanting to go to UT, playing there. 
Um, but you know, I, 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 he left and I was probably going into, I think I was going into middle school or high school. So, I mean, I kind of grew out of that whenever he left, uh, right. UT, but yeah, definitely as a kid, I was going to all those games and going to all the camps and stuff and being around. I definitely wanted to go to UT. Last couple minutes here with Nate Atkins mm-hmm. on the Garnet Trust Hour. Um, Nate, let, let me close with this um, question. You know, tell us a little bit about Shane Beamer and you know just your assessment. I know you only got to spend a few months right yeah. in his program, but just what you saw, how you guys finished the season, but just the direction of the program going forward. I know you won't be around mm-hmm. as a player, but what what do you see for the future? I mean. Just as of recent news, I think it's only up, you know, like with with his latest recruiting class. Um, and just being around him, um, you know, when he first uh, kind of interacted with me whenever I entered the transfer portal, I mean, it was nothing but positive things on the phone all the time. Um, he was always, you know, do what's best for you. Um, take your time. Uh, I'm here if you need anything. Ask me any questions that you uh, that you have. I mean, he was always, you know, me first um, and then just doing what's best for me. Um, and he's been like that with everybody. Um, and he's definitely, you know, a people person, definitely a great recruiter, a great coach, and a great mentor for, you know, a lot of, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds. And uh, I think it's only up from here with it at South Carolina. Well, Nate, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining us here on the Garnet Trust Hour. First guest ever for the show, so yes, we're sir. excited about that. Appreciate everything you've done and certainly wishing you the best of luck as you uh prepare for the pros yeah thank you so much happens yeah absolutely thanks for joining us and again congratulations to the year that you had here at south carolina and best of luck to you on the uh, future nfl career as well thank you so much all right gonna hit a break come back on the other side spencer rattler will be joining us for the gamecock uh take our gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs right here on 107.5 the game it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.